Hi folks, I'm Alan Watson. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on November the 9th, 2011. For newcomers, you should look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Help yourself to the free audios for download. And remember, all the sites listed there, the official sites I have, uh, anything outside of that page happens to be not mine. So these are the official sites. And they all carry the audios. They all carry transcripts in English of a lot of the talks I've given. And if you want talks in other languages for prints up, uh, then uh, downloads those available at alanwattsentinel.eu, which is also listed on the com site. And help yourself. As I say, there's a, there's a lot to choose from and hopefully you'll understand there's a big system behind the systems that are presented to you via the media, such as governments and parliaments and uh, congresses and all the rest of it. Uh, there's a much, much bigger system running the world that knows where it's going. And of course, everything in the world is led by money and bankers, bank, in fact, the big banks, in fact, the very big banks own most of the big uh, military industrial complex uh, companies that you'll see listed. They own water, water supplies across the world. They're going for everything, actually, right now. So you know, it's interesting to see how they also run uh, big foundations uh, under different names, like the Rockefeller Foundation, uh, Ford, Carnegie, many others, and which list and, and actually fund hundreds of their armies, which are non-governmental organizations, which fund, uh, which actually lobby governments, when they're told to, and the governments are told they're going to come and lobby them because they'll want to pass the same laws to please the bankers. Uh, it's all for public perception, really. And, of course, when they, when they lobby uh, the governments, the governments say that people have spoken, even though these are, these are really private, as far as I'm concerned, privately paid non-governmental organizations like any other corporation. But they appear to act on behalf of the public, which always stays pretty quiet about everything. So that's how the, the, the whole game is, is basically run. And we're going into the global society. We're really in it now. And uh, now we're into interdependence as China and other countries bring in their own television stations from mainland China, uh, linked up to mainland China and into the U.S. and other countries. So help yourself. As I say, remember, too, that you're the audience that bring me to you because I don't bring on advertisers as guests. The ads you hear in this program during the breaks are paid for independently by advertisers to Republic Broadcasting Network to pay for the airtime and the staff and equipment and hopefully their bills too and the things that break everything <laughs> all, the, all the gadgets that come out today that we have to use don't last terribly long when you're using them so often so you have to help me with my costs by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughmatrix.com and remember you, you can donate as well and from the US to Canada remember personal checks are fine Still can still use them. You can also use an international postal money order from the U.S. to Canada from your post office or PayPal. Uh, some people are the same cash, and it's up to you. Across the world, you've got Western Union to order or to, to donate. You've also got uh, um, MoneyGram and PayPal again. 
And we're going through, as I say, these massive changes. We're distracted with so much trivia uh, in between them, too, which is all intentional because they have to keep everybody mind-bombed and worried about bank collapses so that the big banks can actually do what they, they want to do in the first place, which is to get more power for themselves as they amalgamate all the central banks across the whole planet. They're all pretty owned by <laughs> Rothschild nowadays, but uh, except for Korea and Iran and uh, one other country. But uh, uh, they really do. They own pretty well all the banks in the world. And if you go into the histories of the Council on Foreign Relations or all Institute of International Affairs, you'll find that was their plan over a 100 years ago to take over the entire wealth of the world, resources of the world, bring in a world government, starting with uh, something that resembled the United Nations, and and go on from there. So we're, we're well, well underway towards this system, and they cause the crisis, and they use themselves for the solution. They get what they want by crisis creation and resolution. Uh, Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. We're back cutting through the matrix. And it's so so incredible to see that we've all been conned. We're trained from childhood to believe in this system as it as it's presented to us. And of course I've said before, in order for continuing propaganda to work on you, you really do need the basic grounding in education. So that's mandatory. That's why education is actually mandatory, because subsequent propaganda will, will always refer to the initial um, indoctrination you got at school. And it's very hard to break out of that too. People still want, even if people have studied for years, they still want to do things just as things are just happening as they're presented by the media. And there's nothing further from the truth. We know for a fact that the, the countries that the new American century want you to take out are exactly the countries which have been and are being taken out and are still to come. Uh, so that Obama's uh, regime uh, is continuing. So uh, things are planned many, many years in advance. And, and simply set into motion regardless of who happens to be the, the puppets in, in the government at the time. It's all a big show. And government has nothing to do with what you're trained through countless movies that they're supposed to do, where they're so up and proper and patriotic and concerned, etc. Government is nothing like that because it's primarily psychopaths who end up in government in the first place. And it's the same when they even get into governorships. That's where the big money is. No different from mayors of big cities. All the big contracts come to you. Lots of millions every every year you dish out for contracts. And, of course, you get massive kickbacks, etc., too, for giving contracts. So, I mean, corruption is the name of the game. Tonight I'll put up a link it's to, to do with uh, legalized corruption of government exposed by Abramov. Abramov was in trouble before, remember, and he, got, he actually got caught uh, trying to bribe government uh, officials. And it was quite standard procedure. He explains how it actually works, always has worked, and how the people in government, uh, from the politicians to bureaucrats, diplomats, uh, naturally are in there for themselves. They're not in there because of any country. It's a fantastic job, well paid and the whole bit. And if they can jump into the private sector on higher salaries even, they, they jump it so they get offers all the time by the lobbyists. And he, he explains how the system works to, to someone in 60 minutes. Who, and it's this guy who, who introduces this particular segment of video 
uh, it even says, why is this woman who's been on 60 minutes for donkey's years, that's a long time, a donkey's year, you know, and uh, why is she giggling and saying, oh my, like she's absolutely astonished, utter nonsense, that they all know this stuff. But anyway, I put this link up, you got to watch it, it's quite interesting and kind of laughable too. That's how it really does work at the top. And um, also to um, another little clip to do with... Uh, if you've ever wondered about the media and it's being controlled from central sources, I've mentioned this before, you could flip through channels on television and even at the same time, uh, in the same format with the stories 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, they all do the same stories in the same order and everything, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, same titles, same intro, because they all come from central sources to make sure that everyone gets a standard indoctrination of nonsense. And this one's kind of comical, but it does show you, and it's a real one too, it does show you how it actually works and how they can also alter your perceptions of things when they're doing promos even. And people can't even, even people don't even know what a promo is anymore when they sneak, sneak it in amongst the news. They don't even know when they're getting promos pushed at them. They're so dumbed down, unfortunately. But I'll put this link up as well. And... To do with uh, the, new, the coming blacklisting of internet sites and so on, it's already happening. As the, as people send me links here on stories, and I can't, it, it just, it just can't get, pull them up. Just can't pull them up. And, and uh, so we're already getting censorship, at least on the Canadian side, possibly on the U.S. side as well, with uh, sites I used to be able to, to pull up. I can't get them anymore. So it says, anyway, notes from the Star Chamber blacklisting in the digital age. The U.S. prepares to censor Internet access while urging Internet freedom for the rest of the world. At the London Conference on Cyberspace on November the 1st to the 2nd, Vice President Joe Biden urged other nations to protect Internet freedom of expression. Biden did not name countries he felt were offenders, but he criticized the efforts of some nations pursuing an international legal instrument that would lead to exclusive government control over Internet resources, institutions and content and national barriers on the free flow of information online. So that's what Biden was saying across the world. And that was in PC World, that one, that quote. Anyway, meanwhile, back in the U.S., Congress was preparing to pass a law granting extraordinary powers to censor the Internet. The proposed law, described as the Great Firewall of America, has the support of Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, well, who else, eh, who also favors Internet freedom for other countries. If the U.S. government still had any credibility on this issue, after banning access to websites posting leaked cables, the latest hypocrisy should have killed it. And then it goes through all the different ones who are for it and, and, and against it and, and all the rest of it. It's a whole bunch of names. They call it the Stop the Piracy Act and, and Protect IP Act and so on uh, from the Senate. So they've got different names depending on the branch of government that's pushing. It's all the same thing, though. But uh, there's a whole bunch of quotes in, in, from different um, uh, science uh, and technical magazines on the, the articles. Ars Technica is in here and uh, other ones too. So I'll put this link up and you can see where this censorship is actually going. It's exactly what Biden said it'll do in other countries, uh, which is uh, lead to exclusive government control over the Internet resources, institutions and content and national barriers. on the f- so, so anyway, it's coming and it's actually here. I know that because I see I can't pull up the various uh, sites I used to pull up before. This can't do it. It's blocked. So... That's where we are today, and uh, it's all the same people who are blocking them across the world, actually. Walmart wants to be your MD. 
Interesting, eh? It says here that uh, retailer seeks to use medical services to lure shoppers and boost traffic. It's quite something, isn't it? It says the nation's largest retailer and biggest private employer now wants to dominate a growing part of the healthcare market. Actually, it's going to fill in for and be part of the Obamacare probably. And um, there'll be discounts for poppers and stuff like that. And, and you'll get uh, maybe a Band-Aid or maybe a... Maybe a used band-aid, maybe a recycled one, uh, this, this new healthcare you're, you're bringing in there in the U.S. Anyway, it says here, Nora wants to do, it says that biggest private, now wants to dominate the growing part of the healthcare market, offering a wide range of medical services from basic prevention to management of chronic conditions like diabetes and heart disease, according to a document obtained by NPR and Kaiser Health News. In the same week in late October, that Walnut announced that it would stop offering health insurance benefits to its new part-time employees. Eh? What a sweetheart this is, eh? eh? So they, they actually take away the health insurance from their own part-time employees. The retailer set out a request for information seeking partners to help it dramatically lower the cost of health care by becoming the largest provider of primary health care services in the nation. And... Um, the spokesman Tara Radol confirmed the proposal but declined to elaborate on specifics, calling it simply an effort to determine strategic next steps. But by mid-afternoon Wednesday, the retailer issued a statement saying its own request for information was overwritten and incorrect. The firm is not building a national integrated low-cost primary health care platform, said the statement by Dr. John Agbunobi, a senior vice president. Information request begins with the exact wording that Agnawabi says is incorrect, saying Walmart intends to build a national integrated low-cost primary health care platform. And then, so they go on through this crazy speech for a while, and they're definitely going ahead with it. It's interesting, too, that like in the movie Indiocracy, uh, it's supposed to be set in the future, but it's pretty well here, I think, myself. Um, your health care is, you, you go in to uh, this place, you'll stand in line, and... Um, uh, there's, there's, there's one-armed bandits on the sides there. If you get bored, things like that to keep the, your, your heads uh, interested in something. And then you go up to the desk, and the woman asks you, and it just points at a little flow chart. Everything's flow charts now. You see, that's how medical medicine is done. And she points to different things. There's pain. You see a picture of a head with a, a zigzag that's pain in the head. There's one with pain in the knee. And so you just pick the one that you want because that's what it's coming down to today with flow charts. Doctors can't diagnose now, you know. It's all flow charts. It's like that. So idiocracy is, is alive and well. And of course, even the guy in idiocracy, one of the guys here was supposed to have taken his law degree at Costco, I think he said, because Costco now cares for everything. Uh, they, they certainly know what's all coming, don't they? I'll put that the night too. And then, and food safety. <clears throat> A very interesting article. This is breaking news for everyone's consumption. This is more than three-fourths of the honey sold in U.S. grocery stores isn't exactly what the bees produce, according to testing done exclusively for food safety news. The results show that the pollen frequently has been filtered out of products labeled honey. The removal of these microscopic particles from deep within a flower would make the nectar flunk the quality standards set by most of the world's food safety agencies. The food safety divisions of the World Health Organization, European Commission, and dozens of others also have ruled that without pollen, there's no way to determine whether the honey came from legitimate and safe sources. This is the key to it. This is why it's taken out. They'll probably, they'll probably sell their essence vitamins, mind you. In the U.S., the Food and Drug Administration says that any product that's been ultra-filtered and no longer contains pollen isn't honey. However, the FDA isn't checking honey sold here to see if it contains pollen. Why is that? It's because they know darn well it's not made in the USA. 
Ultrafiltering is a high-tech procedure where honey is heated, uh, sometimes uh, watered down, and then forced at high pressure through extremely small filters to remove pollen, which is the only foolproof sign of identifying the source of the honey. It's a spin-off of a technique refined by the Chinese, who have illegally dumped tons of their honey, some containing illegal antibiotics on the U.S. market for years, plus a lot of toxins off the stuff they're spraying over there. Food Safety News decided to test honey sold in various outlets after its earlier investigation found that U.S. groceries flooded with Indian honey banned in Europe as unsafe because of contamination with antibiotics, heavy metals, and total lack of pollen, which prevented tracking its origin. Food Safety News purchased more than 60 jars, jugs, and plastic bears of honey in 10 states in the District of Columbia. The contents were analyzed for pollen by Von Bryant's professor at Texas A&M University and one of the nation's premier Meliso Paleonologists, that's the name of it, or investigators of pollen and honey. So I'll, I'll, I'll read a bit more on this particular article when I come back. It's interesting to see who's actually dumping it on the stores. The big boys are in there, of course. Back with more. Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix and talking about honey and how you can't get food anymore. They call it food and, uh, and it looks like foods and etc. But it's not food anymore, it's all junk we're getting. And that's why folks are getting sicker too. Unless you're very wealthy, you can afford the real thing. And not too many folk can. So anyway, uh, here's honey gone as well. And it says here uh, that um, the contents were analysed for pollen by Vaughn Bryant, a professor at Texas A&M University, one of the nation's premier uh, investigators of, of pollen and honey. Bryant, who is director of Palynology Research Laboratory, found that amongst the containers of honey provided by uh, Food Safety News, 76% of samples bought at grocery stores had all the pollen removed. There were stores like Top Food, Safeway, uh, Giant Eagle, QFC, Kroger, Metro Market, Harris Teeter, A&P, Stop and Shop, and King Supers. And 100% of the honey sampled from drugstores like Walgreens, Rite Aid, and CVS Pharmacy, there was no pollen at all. Uh, 77% of the honey sampled from big box stores like Costco, Sam's Clubs, Walmart, Target, and HEB had the pollen filtered out. 100% 100% of the honey packaged in small individual service portions from uh, Smoker, uh, McDonald's and KFC had the pollen removed. Bryant found that every one of the sampled uh, food safety news bought at farms, farmers markets, co-ops and natural stores like PCC and Trader Joe's had the full anticipated amount of, ho- of pollen, so they're the only ones that had it. And if you have to buy at major grocery chains, analysis found that your odds are somewhat better of getting honey that wasn't ultra-filtered if you buy brands labelled as organic. Out of seven samples tested, uh, five, which is 71%, were heavily or heavy with pollen. All of the organic honey you buy, uh, brand, um, uh, all of the organic honey was produced in Brazil, according to the labels. That's fantastic. Eh? You have to get the real stuff from Brazil. The Natural Honey Board, a federal research and promotion organization under USDA oversight, says a bulk of foreign honey, at least 60% or more, is sold to the food industry for use in baked goods, beverages, sauces, and processed foods. Food City News did not examine these products for this story. Some U.S. honey packers didn't want to talk about how they processed their merchandise. 
one who did was Bob Olney of Honey Tree Inc. in Michigan, who sells its Winnie the Pooh honey in Walmart stores. Bryant's analysis of the contents of the container made in Winnie's image found that the pollen had been removed. I only said that his honey came from suppliers in Montana, Dakota, and Alberta. It was filtered in processing because North American shoppers want their honey crystal clear, he said. The packers at Silver Bow Honey added the grocery stores want processed honey as it lasts longer on the shelves. In this process, you understand, there's got a lot of nutrients taken out. However, most beekeepers say traditional filtering used by most will, will catch bee parts, wax, debris from the highs, and other visible contaminants, but will leave the pollen in place. Ernie Grobe, of the president of the CEO of Grobe Farms, which calls itself the world's largest packer of honey, says he makes no specific requirement to the pollen content of the 85 million pounds of honey his company buys. Anyway, you scroll down and, and you find that a lot of it is coming in from India and I think China as well. So it shouldn't surprise us. Uh, they're, they're laundering his stuff from China, as I say, uh, and that's why they, they, there's a lot of bans on China stuff is because it's, it's contaminated with pesticides and, and also with heavy metals, etc. In fact, the fields over there, they're, they're using water straight from the rivers that are highly polluted from all the industry. And I, I've seen a couple of documentaries on it, uh, and it shows them using straight out of the river and pouring it along the lines of crops and so on. And the stuff is so heavy and heavy metals, it's highly toxic. That's why we're banned from eating any other foods for a while. And actually, it should, should still be. But of course, money talks and, and guys and, uh, who import in the government, at least, uh, that's their job to oversee this stuff, are highly corruptible. So that's why a lot of this stuff's back on the shelves again. And not just honey, obviously. And... Justice Breyer, it's interesting how these guys live in their ivory towers in their own little circles and they go to their own little parties and they never mix with anybody else outside their, their circles. I could say class if you like to. But Justice Breyer warns of Orwellian government like he hasn't noticed till now. Eh? A Supreme Court justice in Tuesday expressed major concerns the government would engage in round-the-clock surveillance reminiscent of the totalitarian world of George Orwell's novel 1984 if the court ruled in the government's favour. The court heard oral arguments in the Jones case in which the outcome will determine whether warrantless GPS tracking by law enforcement is an invasion of the Fourth Amendment protection from unreasonable search and seizures. Just as Stephen Breyer questioned what a democratic society would look like if people believed the government was tracking them for days at a time. Well, look around you, <laughs> that's what they are. <laughs> if you win this case, there is nothing to prevent the police or the government from monitoring 24 hours a day the public movements of every citizen of the United States, Breyer said. So if you win, you suddenly produce what sounds like 1984 from their brief. The U.S. Deputy Solicitor General, Michael Dreben, contended that if all Americans viewed warrantless tracking as an Orwellian invasion of, invasion of privacy, Congress would step in with a legislative solution. Chief Justice John Roberts said that unlike earlier technology, GPS tracking gives law enforcement a mosaic that gives them the whole picture rather than just a slice of it. Police suspected D.C. nightclub owner Antoine Jones of dealing cocaine and use a GPS tracker over the course of a month to trace his movements to a stash house in Maryland, which they could have done just by following him. Uh, their warrant was expired when they installed the tracker. So they always use, they always use uh, something that they've caught. They could catch one, but how many thousands and millions are getting tracked for no reason at all, eh? And it's on to mention um, smartphones uh, and, and various other techniques that they're using. They have voice recognition on everybody on the planet uh, and stuff like that. So 
old stuff. He's just waking up. Poor old Judgey. Back with more after this break. Listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt. We're back cutting through the matrix. This article here says overpopulation is a myth. It's quite interesting. I'll put this link up to all these links I put up, remember, at the end of the broadcast at cutting through the matrix.com. And you can have a good uh, look through this. It goes through a question answer type thing. And it says here, uh, you're very confident about the Earth's population leveling off and then falling. How can you prove this? After all, population is still growing. Then it says population is still technically growing, but according to the United Nations Population Divisions numbers, that growth is slowing dramatically. Now, the United Nations inherited that division, like all their divisions, from the League of Nations. And back in 1919, 1920, they were talking about, oh, the coming uh, overpopulation problem. So they set up the United Nations Population Control Department, which now call the United Nations Population Division. <laughs> Sounds better, doesn't it? So here's the, the United Nations Population Division uh, giving you the numbers, which are said to be the most accurate, because they get all the sensor stuff across the planet. And I, we don't even know what they're talking about with Africa and that. They really do accurate um, um, inventories of people there too and so, so on. We don't know if they, what they fudge. Anyway, it says, it says the United Nations Population Division is the most reliable source of population statistics in the world, which is why we use their numbers for our videos. According to the UNPD, uh, population growth will continue to slow off over the next few decades. In fact, if current trends persist, our growth will halt right around 8 billion by 2045. After that, our numbers will start to fall off slowly at first and then faster. It's amazing how they know all these things, eh? If you find this whole idea counterintuitive, don't worry, you're not alone. At first glance, it really does seem like population is skyrocketing. That's because we're still adding a billion people every few decades. And a billion people is a lot of people. By it. But the way we can tell that population is not ballooning out of control is precisely the fact that we're only adding a billion people each time. And soon we won't even be adding that many. Actually, it's more than that, too. They know there's more and more folk dying off, but they don't mention that here, too. Uh, early cancers are just skyrocketing. Have been for 50 years. And then it says, you claim that the UN's predictions are reliable. How reliable have they historically been? Again, it depends on which variant you use. In our research, we've looked at the UN's predictions and how they've compared with real life. And in every case, the low variant has been the most accurate. And you can run the numbers yourself and give you the link where to run them. Here it says. Even if population growth is slowing down a billion people every 15 years, there's still a lot of people. Isn't this still a problem? It's a lot of people, and of course, greater numbers bring their own challenges and issues, but there isn't any convincing evidence to show that the size of a population is the cause of the world's most pressing issues like war, famine, disease, and poverty. Let's put it another way. Since we have more people, our wars are bigger, our famines may affect more people, and more people will have disease and be poor. But population growth didn't create these problems. They have existed since people have existed. I'll add into that too, and it's only because we have international media now that harp on about things that we know anything about it, you see. In other words, we can't blame the population for problems that have been around forever. The only difference is since there are more, uh, now, more of us now, these problems affect more people. 
Then it says, why has the global total fertility rate dropped so much? Now, I've mentioned this so many times. They know what's causing it. Because leaving me, if they didn't know what was causing it, they'd have to be a crisis. They'd have to investigate and find out why something's out of their control. They know what's causing the birth rate to, to fall. I've done all these documentaries before uh, and talks about uh, uh, the, 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 basically the sterilized male. Uh, they're all becoming sterile very, very quickly. Dysfunctional uh, spermatozoa. They can't even find their way through a, a well-lit street, you know. I mean, literally, it's that bad now. And the article I read recently, too, even from the, the one on Russia, now that they're getting all their imported stuff, too, and, and their foods and all their poisons and inoculations, uh, then uh, they're also, they've got these malformed sperm, with some with two heads. This is something you'd find if you'd give, beamed them with radiation or given them certain chemicals, because they can alter, uh, genetically mutate things through chemicals, certain chemicals, too, which they know, the stuff they put in your food, you know. Scientists are still debating exactly why. They just don't know. It's just a big puzzle. They're not really, there's no crisis about it. But there's no doubt that it's happening. All over the world, birth rates have been dropping quickly and for nearly 50 years now. So they know damn well why. Many demographers think that it's because more and more people are urbanizing, moving into large cities. When families live out in the country on farms, it makes more economic sense to raise raise large families. That's why they're getting you all off the rural areas under the Agenda 21 program uh, came came from the United Nations. So that they have people to help them out and care in their their old age. It's also true that cities tend to have better health care facilities which reduce infant mortality. I'd, I'd, I'd change that and say they have more abortion clinics which are free which certainly do reduce infants. Uh, this in turn means that parents end up having fewer children since more of their existing children are surviving into adulthood. What it actually does too is uh, there's, there's discouragements to have children because of the cost value. That's a big one they talk about at the top all the time. They can just, just, and I've read the articles from the bigwigs themselves on the air here where they say that they can economic disadvantage if you have children and they can actually make it more and more costly all the time. Demographic expert Philip Longman observes in his book The Empty Cradle as more and more of the human race finds itself living under urban conditions in which children no longer provide any economic benefit to their parents but are rather costly implements, uh, impediments to material success. People who are well adapted to this new environment will tend not to reproduce themselves. Well, I mean, that's how they've been now for years. And many others who are not so successful will imitate them. Well, for about 30 years now, Women in the Western world haven't wanted children, but most at least haven't wanted children, and they don't really want to get married either. They've, they've imitated the lifestyle projected by TV and soaps and uh, success, and success is single and, and, and looking like you're 18 until you're 60 or 70 or whatever. And that's a fact. That's actually happened. So overpopulation is a myth. The myth has caused human rights abuses around the world, forced population control, denied medicines to the poor, and targeted attacks on ethnic minorities and women and so on. Uh, so I'll put this link up tonight as well and see how perception management works. It's all perception management. And it's not, it's not enough that we're declining like crazy. I saw an article recently where, uh, from the United Nations World Health Organization, it said that uh, because of the sudden um, introduction of, of money and, and wealth into the, these third world countries, these up-and-coming countries that we are funding to come up <laughs> by giving them lots of money and more jobs by putting other factories in their countries for them, the, the World Health Organization says they're very worried about that there would be a massive increase in cancer rates. Strange thing to say, isn't it? I mean, why would sudden prosperity bring cancer rates? They know damn well. To make a statement like that, 
Hmm? Because see, they've already done it to all of us. Now, remember that old song? First we take Manhattan and then we take Berlin. Germany's economic colonization of Europe. It says, the elaborate pretense that European Union and its stricken currency will shortly be saved after some little local difficulties is now becoming ever more desperate. The coup d'etat in Athens over the weekend, which saw the demise of the sitting government, is unlikely to be the last violation of democracy in the name of European unity. No sooner was Greece whipped into submission, though for how long and how successfully we shall see, uh, then Italy was placed firmly in the line of fire. After months of posturing about why he literally claims to be the soundness of his economy, Silvio Berlusconi finds his head on the same block where George Papandros has just been hacked off. If the Brussels-backed push against Mr. Papandros was supposed to signal the beginning of the end of the Euro crisis, it failed. To start with, it's still unclear exactly where the 1 trillion euros the G20 summit in Cannes last week agreed would stabilize the country is going to come from. I'd like to know where it's going to. I mean, is there anybody taking, I, I, you know, it's, it's one massive scam here. One incredible. Understand that, it's like Hitler said, if you were to tell a lie and make the people believe you, it's got to be a really, really outstanding lie. Because you see, we, ordinary folk can understand little white lies, but because they might do it themselves. But they cannot believe that somebody would tell such whoppers, like all that money that we threw at this country, we just don't know where it's gone, you know. The same thing as his money heaven that they gave to the U.S. citizenry. Oh, went to money heaven. Oh, ha, 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 you know. Anyway, also just because Greece is apparently under control again, and I repeat just how under control is questionable, does not mean the euro is saved. When the bond traders woke up yesterday, they turned their attention to Italy and greatly disliked what they saw. All this is managed, as I say, to cement and totally integrate the European countries until they're not countries anymore in any sense of the word whatsoever. That's really the point of it, because I said a hundred years ago, the Milner Group that eventually morphed into the Royal Institute of International Affairs said this, that they would set up central banking systems in every country, private central banking systems. And then under the, all these central banking systems would be linked to an international business settlement bank, which they set up in Switzerland. And eventually they'll be the bosses of all the whole, the whole darned world. And then they'll use the IMF and, of course, the World Bank to run the whole world's money supply and do all their bookkeeping through the IMF instead of the countries doing it themselves and so on and so on. So we're seeing that they're getting exactly what they want. In other words, I'm telling you, well, you see, we know none of you wanted these super central private banks uh, like the European Union Central Bank, but it's the only thing now that can save us. And everyone will say, oh, well, I guess they'll have to do it. We're such idiots at the bottom, aren't we? Really, really are. How a wrangle over Jerusalem is at the core of a U.S. Supreme Court showdown. It says, did Congress overstep its authority when it instructed U.S. officials to list Israel as a place of birth for Americans born in Jerusalem? It's amazing what fills up their time, isn't it? It's always the same stuff. Ari Zivotofsky, it says, stands with his nine-year-old son, Menachem, outside the Supreme Court in Washington Monday. The Supreme Court seems unlikely to rule for a nine-year-old boy who was born in Jerusalem and wants his U.S. passport to list his birthplace of Israel. This is a political move. I mean, that's what it is. So it says, the status of Jerusalem, bitterly contested for ages by rivals in the Middle East, has for years also divided the legislative and executive branches of the U.S. government. 
This is now a, a law passed by Congress in 2002 instructing U.S. officials to list Israel as the place of birth for Americans born in Jerusalem as the core of potentially historic showdown at the U.S. Supreme Court pitting legislative against executive power. On Monday, the justices heard arguments in the case of Zivotofsky versus Clinton, imagining, examining whether Congress oversteps its authority when it passed the law. Based on questions asked at oral argument, the justices appeared inclined to leave the intricacies of foreign policy to the State Department. They're all scared to touch it because of the lobby within the United States. So anyway, I'll put this link up again too, and it's a bit of trivia uh, for people to ponder or waste their time with. Now, Ahmadinejad uh, has come back from Iran with uh, hitting out again because he knew damn well the U.S. Uh, had, had met with Israel and again they fudged all the statistics uh, by basically browbeating the, the guys at the IAEA, this International Atomic Energy Agency, to lie in other words and say, well, yeah, they, they, they do. And they came out with all these maps, just what we saw in, in when Colin Powell did it, you know, when they were going to go into Iraq, all these little bumps on the map. You see, these are all weapons sites and, and, and uh, weapons of mass destruction and laboratories and, and, and it was all lies, all fibs and so Same thing again. Same old routine, you know, as they get ready to go into Libya. So, uh, Obama Dinajad has come out and given his side of the, the whole darn thing. It says, in a major public speech, Iran's president insisted his country won't retreat one iota from its nuclear program. Now, it's supposed to be for peaceful purposes. Britain's got it. Everybody else has got it. And, and if they do go along into um, creating missiles, then, you know, that's what they all do. Israel has done the same. And anyway, Mahmoud, uh, Ahmadinejad slammed international nuclear watchdogs newly released per report suggesting Tehran might be close to developing atomic weapons. His findings came days after Israel bluntly considered military action against Iran, raising fears the report could be a pretext to an attack. And of course the U.S. has taken it over because they have to do all the, the donkey work for it. This is, so I'll put this up tonight as well. It's a little video on it. I can only watch about a minute video and I get cut off by my masters. And it says the, this article too is from the Guardian. The 1%, the, the ones who run the, the money, you know, are the very best destroyers of wealth the world has ever seen. It says our common treasure in the last 30 years has been captured by industrial psychopaths. I'm glad everybody's using that term now because I really pushed out years ago. That's why we're nearly bankrupt. It says, um, it says, if wealth was the inevitable result of hard work and enterprise, every woman in Africa would be a millionaire. It says, the claims that the ultra-rich 1% make for themselves, that they are possessed of unique intelligence or creative creativity or drive, are examples of this self-attribution fallacy. This means crediting yourself with outcomes for which you weren't responsible. Many of those who are rich today got there because they were able to capture certain jobs. This capture owes less to talent and intelligence than a combination of the ruthless exploitation of others and accidents of birth. That means born in the right families. As such, jobs are taken disproportionately by people born in certain places and into certain classes. The findings of the, psychologi- the psycho- psychologist Daniel uh, Kahneman, winner of the Nobel Economics Prize, are devastating to the beliefs that financial high flyers entertain about themselves. He discovered that their apparent success is a cognitive illusion. For example, he studied the results achieved by 25 wealth advisors across eight years. 
he found that the consistency of the performance was zero. Very like this is what they found with other psychopaths too. That they're rather moribund results really uh, whenever you check them for what they actually do. There's nothing to there's nothing startling about them. And, and it's no different when it comes to the financial sector psychopaths. The results resembled what you would expect from a dice-rolling contest, not a game of skill. Those who received the biggest bonuses had simply got lucky. As some results have been widely replicated. They showed that the traders and fund managers throughout Wall Street received their massive remuneration for doing no better than what would a chimpanzee flipping a coin. When Kahneman tried to point this out, they, blank, they, bulk, they blanked him, it says. The illusion of skill is deeply ingrained in their culture. So much for the financial sector and its super-educated analysts. As for other kinds of business, you tell me, as your boss possessed of judgment, vision and management, skills uh, superior to those of anyone else in the firm, or did he or she get there through bluff, bullshit and bullying, or a, a combination of those and family connections, I would add to that too. In study published by the journal of Psychology, Crime and Law, Belinda Board and Katarina Fritzen tested 39 senior managers and chief executives for, from leading British businesses. They compared the results to the same tests on patients at Broadmoor Special Hospital, where patients who have been convicted of serious crimes are incarcerated. They're also a bit nutty. On certain indications of psychopathy, that what the bosses scored either matched or exceeded those of the patients. They're more psychopathic than the patients. The guys know any business. In fact, on these criteria, they beat even the subset of patients who've been diagnosed with psychopathic personality disorders. The psychopathic traits in which the bosses scored so highly, Borden Fritzen points out, closely resemble the characteristics that companies look for. And that is true. They want an aggressive guy who won't take no for an answer, right? Those who have the traits often possess great skill in flattering. That's, that's all psychopaths do that. And man- manipulation of powerful people. Um, what they can do, they, they, they do, a psychopath will stand back and he'll get everyone so easily, so easily, because he's so charming, you see, to do all the work for him. And, and they do it willingly, often for nothing. Egocentricity, a strong sense of entitlement, a readiness to exploit others, and a lack of empathy and conscience are also unlikely to damage their prospects in many corporations. In their books, Snakes and Suits, Paul Babiak and Robert Hare point out that the old corporate bureaucracies have been replaced by flexible, ever-changing structures, and as team players deem less valuable, uh, well, I shall continue with this when I get back. It's quite good, isn't it? Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and we're almost at the end of the, the hour but reading an article about psychopaths in uh, Wall Street and all the other big uh, places across the world where they run the money systems and how really they're, they're mediocre really, it's all hype and uh, and they're very aggressive, they have they're psychopaths and they're almost worshipped by the big corporations uh, who are also staffed by psychopaths. A psychopath can all admire a higher and richer and more powerful psychopath. They hate anything beneath them. They're very, really snobbish that way. Anyway, Snakes and Suits, this is a, by uh, Paul Babiak and Robert Hare, point out that the old corporate bureaucracies have been replaced by these flexible, ever-changing structures. And it says there, um, 
uh, it used to be one time team players were, and that's the team players of the 50s, 60s and 70s, the corporate man and all that stuff, uh, where they all work together. Now it's, it's, it's the, one, the risk takers. This is, and, and risk takers, psychopathic traits are more likely to be selected and rewarded. Reading their work, it seems to me that if you have psychopathic tendencies and are born to a poor family, you're likely to go to prison. Because you'll just go smash windows and rob the jewelry and stuff. If you have psychopathic tendencies and are born into a rich family, you're likely to go to business school. This is not to suggest that all executives are psychopaths. It's to suggest that the economy has been rewarding the wrong skills. As the bosses have shaken off the trade unions and captured both regulators and tax authorities, the distinction between the productive and rentier upper classes has broken down. Chief executives now behave like dukes, extracting from their financial estates sums out of all proportion to the work they do or the value they generate. Sums that sometimes exhaust the business they parasite. They are no more deserving of the share of wealth they've captured than oil sheets. Well, look at the crimes too. I mean, look at how every single bank bought those uh, mortgages and then would inflate the prices again. Oh, it's going to be worth a fortune in the future. And then sell it upwards, upwards to the bigger and bigger and bigger banks who all bought them quite happily and passed them on again. And utter criminals, you know. But that's what runs the world, folks. You know, And again, they work like a big club too, remember. They do know how to work uh, like a big club and, and cover each other's Gluteus Maximus. So anyway, this year is with China. China Central Television, the country's state-owned broadcasters, opening a new hub in Washington, D.C., from which it will broadcast its English-language TV service, according to the Financial Times. CCTV, which produces new news shows widely viewed as government propaganda, expects to begin broadcasting from a DC studio by the middle of 2012 and produces up to six hours of original programming a day. It means, it means in other words, that China is going to add its propaganda to the US's propaganda. The, chi- the channel is now available through their cable and satellite providers in areas with large Chinese populations. CCTV has already built a studio in Nairobi for its English language channel to reach viewers in Africa. In addition to its Chinese and English businesses, it also offers channels in Arabic, French, and Russian. So everybody's getting in on the act with China. And talking about Walmart earlier, uh, mobile prison guards. Now, I mean, these towers, these towers are like prison guard towers that they put up. I mentioned one last night. Uh, they use them at uh, demonstrations and things too. They go up in the air on these kind of... Uh, kind of um, jacks, I guess it's like hydraulic jacks, look like scissor jacks, and uh, they've got all this gadgetry inside to monitor everything around them. Uh, they actually have them on display in some Walmarts, and we'll be putting more in, I guess, in some more Walmarts. So I'll put up this little video tonight, and you can have a, a little peek at that too, to see how wonderful it is to shop at Walmart. Uh, you know, they care about us so much, they want to know all about you, and I mean, I mean all about you. Now from Hamish Marcella from Ontario, Canada, where it's been pouring for three days and nights. Steadily too. It's almost like, you know, manufactured rain, which probably is by all the spring. It's good night to me. Your God or your God's go with you. Remember to buy the books and donate because uh, it just makes me tick over and that's all I'm for. I'm not out to create an empire here.